Jamie Southfield. It's really good to worship with you this morning, and I'm glad to hear your voices out there because the last thing I want to do is stand up here and sing by myself. <laughs> so I'm glad you know this song. Um, I hope your week was great, and I hope you found a puddle to jump in to. I know that Bob Coyne did with white pants, which I was like, <gasps> white pants. But I know we weren't supposed to do, you know, change shoes or think about any of that. Um, so I just hope that you were just thinking about that all week long. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, make sure to catch the podcast um, from last week's sermon. It's just, it's a great, great perspective, great way to look at life and to look at this, this life that God has given us. Well, this morning, um, I'm going to introduce a new song to you. It's new for us here as a congregation, but I'm if you listen to Christian radio at all, I'm sure you've heard it several times. And it's a great song. And my favorite part is the chorus. And the chorus is, I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on. I am. And I just feel like it can be both ways. It could be us declaring, God, I am holding on to you. You're the one that's, that's going to take me through this. And I'm not going to let go of you as I'm in the storm. But it's also God speaking to you, saying, I'm holding on to you. Don't you worry. I'm holding on to you through this storm. So with that being said, if you know this song, I just really encourage you to, to join in singing right away. And if you just need a second to get, to get familiar and warmed up to it, then uh, join when you can. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. Yeah. 
Father, we thank you so much, Father, for songs that declare this truth. God, songs that we can sing to you, Lord, to express how our hearts are feeling and even, Lord, how you feel about us. We pray that these truths would just sink into our hearts, Father, so that we can we can bring them up, Lord, in times of need or in times just when we need those specific words, God. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for this time to be able to worship you with song, with our voices. And God, as we transition into time to worship you with our hearts and our lives, Father, by listening to your word, God, and by, by listening for your voice, I pray, God, that you would um, open us up to hear what you have to say to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Hey, great to see you. So I got a couple of things I got to deal with first. Hey, Jason. Oh, he's gone. Nice to have him out of the cage, isn't it? It's just, it's nice to see him out there, set free, wild and loose. That's very cool. So last week we had a guest speaker, uh, Earl Thornton, and in the second service he made a comment that, Mary, I've been wanting to email you all week long. Best church coffee he's ever had. So you needed to know that. He was, I mean, he just, he took up a lot of sermon time to talk about the coffee. That was, that was amazing. Pretty cool. But good to have you here today. As you walked in, you got one of these. You got a folder, and on the inside is a card. It is going to be a significant piece of what we're doing today. So you can begin by getting your name on it. Beyond that, I want to remind you that uh, we're going to be doing this canal cleanup. Actually, next week, uh, the snow has melted, so you can see the trash. It's out there along the canal, and uh, I think about 40 of you have already signed up to do this, which is great. What we're going to be doing is sending you an email of just some of the different times that we'll all be going together as well as giving you some information about, you know, if you plan on going alone, where to get the garbage cans, where to get the gloves, all those sorts of things. So if you still want to join in on that, the back little box on the back side of the, of the card, make sure you check that off and put the number of people that would be involved as well. So we have a, uh, something that we want to share with you today, a ministry that you as a church have supported for many years, and you might not even be aware of that. And today we're privileged to have uh, Ruth Tibster with us from the Pregnancy Resource Center. She's going to be coming right now, and we're going to be spend some, spending some time talking about... Yeah, go ahead. Come on up. We're going to be spending some time talking about... Uh, our, our, her ministry, and really, in a sense, our ministry, because we've been supporting them for many, many years in, uh, in helping women in crisis pregnancies. And, you know, you may wonder what a crisis pregnancy is. For some people, any pregnancy is a crisis pregnancy. Every time we found out we were going to have a baby, I'm like, what? That seemed like a crisis. I suspect that's not what you mean, frightened men who are afraid of being daddies. But um, give us an idea of... Um, just what the, what the center's all about, well, you know, the, the mission of it. What, what do you do? Okay, well, no two days are alike. <laughs> but our mission really started many years ago uh, in 1973 is when abortion became legal in the United States. And little groups of Christians like this all over the planet started praying, saying, this is not good. What can we do to uphold the sanctity of human life? And out of that birthed, Pregnancy Center Ministries. Interesting that you mentioned crisis. I think it was Focus on the Family that started calling us Crisis Pregnancy Centers. And probably 12 years ago or 15 maybe, they dropped that mm -hmm. tagline 
because not every woman who's pregnant considers it a crisis. Right. But interestingly enough, people do still know us by that. And our goal really is to come beside women and men who find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. And it's great that we are pro-life, that we suggest them choosing life rather than terminating the pregnancy, but what do we do to come alongside them? So we offer them parenting classes, prenatal classes. Um, We have a little mommy boutique um, that's full of donated items, Mm. but pretty much carries everything you could possibly need for a newborn baby up to 18 months. And that involves clothing, formula, diapers, wipes, things like that, that people donate. We've never had to go buy a diaper ever. Wow. Because they've all been donated. That's great. And so we're able, as the girls take the classes and the guys, they earn mommy bucks, which they're able to spend in the boutique. Nice. And, um, yeah, we take everything except car seats and cribs because of the recalls and the safety factors oh, sure. on that. But Sure. Um, so, and the other thing we offer is, and I understand your youth group is involved in this right now, we have a curriculum, um, biblically based, um, really pitching uh, encouraging abstinence till marriage as God's design. And uh, we also offer a post-abortion recovery class, which is amazing to see women come in broken and leave forgiven and set free. I was talking to Carrie a little bit about that the other day. Carrie Kristoff's one of your volunteers. And, and she said... We that, love Carrie, by the way. So do we. That works well. Um, and Conda is also yes, one of your faithful yes, people yep. who's a volunteer. She, she commented about the, the post-abortion counseling that a lot of times, I mean, that's not just maybe somebody who had an abortion a couple weeks ago, but sometimes it may literally be a couple decades, and, and they're, they're finally just coming to terms with all that and, and wrestling with it, and you're able to walk them through that and help them with that. Yeah, that's very true. Interestingly enough, um, there is a thing called post-abortion syndrome that really mimics post-traumatic stress disorder in many ways. Oftentimes, and I learned this years ago, it doesn't really kick in until seven or eight years after the abortion. I mean, some women are wrecked when they walk out of the abortion clinic. Sometimes all those symptoms don't show up until several years later. Mm-hmm. Moody uh, Radio featured us a year ago as the Ministry of the Week, and mm-hmm. so they recorded a few clips of me, seven or eight of them, just talking, like for two or three minutes at a time. I think in one of those, I mentioned post-abortion, uh, ministry, that part of our ministry. And we had two women from this area call who were, one was 60 and one was over 60. Hmm. And they're believers in the church. Mm-hmm. One of them, their husband did not even know that this had occurred. And wow. she was committed to keeping the secret to the grave. Hmm. And I believe that we can't be who God calls us to be totally when we have that wound in our spirit mm-hmm. um, and, the, and they're sitting in our churches, the mm-hmm. abortion stats for Bible believing Christians is no different than. So some of you are here. Some of you need to see me. Mm. It's confidential. And I guarantee that you will come out a, a new person. Mm. Wow. You're a great person now. And God has forgiven all of our sins. Right. Uh, but that's one sometimes as believers, we just can't forgive ourselves. So the Huge piece, right. We can't forgive ourselves. It's really hard. I, one of the things that, that I love about um, your ministry right now is where it's located. It's, I think it's been in a couple different locations in the time that I've been here. 
But um, right now, you, I don't think you could be more strategically located. To Uno Drive, I don't know if you're a Joliet or you know where Uno Drive is. I mean, it's directly south of St. Joe's Hospital, within you know striking distance of the high school, both right there. Um, we're going to watch a video in a few minutes about some of the people that have had an experience with, with a, a pregnancy resource center. But one of the ladies' comments that she was actually taking her daughter to uh, Planned Parenthood uh, center for a pregnancy test. And, and for some reason she couldn't connect with them and did with you in, or one of your centers instead. So that, that is a piece really of the connecting point, right? That offering the, the pregnancies, the pregnancy testing free, I assume. Yes, there's no charge for our services, and that is how most women find us. I, if they're looking for an abortion or for a pregnancy test and they Google those in Joliet or in Will County, um, we will come up. Keep in mind, we never try to deceive anyone into mm-hmm. thinking that we offer abortions, but we do encourage women to come to us first. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a client recently who was on the abortion table at a Planned Parenthood, and asked to see the monitor of her ultrasound, and they denied her that. This woman, full of courage, in my humble opinion, got up off the table and walked out of that clinic and came and saw us and did see her baby on the ultrasound. The stats that focus on the family keeps somewhere between 88 and 90% of women will choose life if they see that ultrasound image on the screen. So she landed up with us, and she did. we did let her see the monitor. Mm-hmm. We encouraged that, and she did choose life. And so we're just praising God for stories like that. It's, it's just amazing. And that is another piece of what you do. You'll actually do ultrasounds so that yes. people can see their baby, and mm-hmm. that, that, that is really amazing. I know one of the things that... Um, you know, as you already mentioned, Carrie and Conda are involved in volunteering. And, and I know that's one of the things that, as you're talking to a group, you say, you know, we'd love to have you volunteer. And, and we say the same thing at church. We'd love to have you volunteer. And then a person goes, okay, how? What do I do? What? So if a person were to say, you know, they hear this this morning, they're like, they're interested in this ministry. What would a volunteer do? I mean, they're not going to be thrown immediately into a counseling session with somebody who's coming in for a, you know, for a, hey, here, go ahead and do this pregnancy test no. with them or something. I mean, what, what, what would a volunteer do? Uh, well, the first step would be to talk with me or go to our website. All the volunteer application forms are on our website. Um, you can go to Pregnancy Resource Center or Hope for a Future. Both are in print. The, the Both of them will get to us. And uh, we offer a training called Intimacy Before Impact. It's a 12-hour training. And it's for those who would be working directly with moms and dads, that is required. And it's really about our relationship with the Heavenly Father and having our spiritual ducks in a row before we are able to pour out and minister to others. As some of you may know, you can't really minister from an empty cup. So it's, that's the focus of it. But it really goes into all levels of care and pregnancy center ministry. Um, we do have some volunteers who would prefer not to work with clients one-on-one, and that's okay, too. We have plenty of um, work to do over there. Uh, I'm, I'm only part-time and the other paid person is our nurse manager and she's also part-time and all the rest of the work is done by volunteers. Um, we have the boutique, which Conda is taking care of almost single-handedly. Um, and then one-on-one meeting with clients, but there's also fundraising. Uh, I would love to have a committee of eight or 10 or 12 of us uh, to work together on the walk for life. 
We also have a banquet coming up in October, which um, doesn't happen by itself. Those are our two big fundraising events, and I'll be talking about one of them today. So, yes, there's many opportunities. Um, If you'd like to clean, we don't have a cleaning service. We clean our office ourselves. Okay. Very good. Now, uh, this is going to be fun watching because you've got to hold a mic and you have props. So I'm going to be real curious to see how you pull this off. But um, you have some props. So tell us about what you're holding here. You, you want, why don't let me, let me hold them. And you can hold your mic. There we go. Oh, give me the baby bottle. Okay, there you go. Okay, I can do right. one, but not yes, two. there you go. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this first. We have a display table out in the hallway. We do baby bottle drives in all kinds of churches all throughout Will County. It's it's, I call it our no-brainer fundraiser. You take a bottle home, you fill it with change. Everybody has eye passes these days. Nobody likes all that change in their pockets or weighing their purses down. Put this bottle on the countertop, fill it with change, bring it here, dump it in a bucket if you want, take it home, fill it again. We like to have them out in a church for maybe three weeks, four if you have to have them for four weeks, but, um, and then we can come and pick them up or Carrier Conda can bring them to the center. They're usually so heavy we can't carry them. That's a blessing. (laughs) But I also want to remind people, green stuff in here works too, and so do checks. (laughs) I kid you not. One church we got, we thought was an empty baby bottle. We took the lid off. There were $300 bills stuck in the cap, and they, like, folded them and stuck them in there because they didn't want everyone to see. I thought that was amazingly clever and generous. So that's one option. Um, And then the other option we have, ha, very good. (laughs) Our Walk for Life is coming up right around the corner, May 10. It's Mother's Day weekend. It's going to be held this year at Judson Church, corner of Black Road and Infantry. Um, There's a beautiful pond adjacent to their church property with a walking path around it. We'll do two or three miles, no pressure. If you want to walk at the treadmill, on the treadmill, if you want to walk the neighborhood, that's fine too. The object really is, or if you want to sit in your rocking chair, I always forget that one. Um, The object really is to ask people to sponsor you. This year, we have a new thing happening. It's called Fund Easy. Those of you that are on Facebook and email, you set up an account in Fund Easy. The instructions are inside of here, and you can ask people online, friends all over the planet, to help support you. You set a goal for yourself, say $500, and you have a little thermometer in there, and the little red line goes up as your support goes up. And then you don't even have to handle the money. They can make a pledge right on there. They can do an online donation. Um, uh, there's lots of options this year. So the day itself will only last for two, three hours. We'll register at 9 o'clock. We'll have a walk kickoff at 10. We'll be having music, lunch, um, face painting balloons, things for the kids. Um, few things for adults but it'll be good and uh god's name will be glorified so i invite your participation in either or both of those um so thanks and i know your pastor mentioned earlier you guys have been supporting us for a while i just want to say thank you i get a check with a few zeros on it every now and again and it's always been a huge blessing and it's always been right when we need it and unexpected and out of the blue and i call your pastor and he's on the road somewhere and i'm like (laughs) Thank you. And what are we using this for? He said, however you need to use it, Ruth. I'm like, okay, you're an underwriter for our banquet. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a blessing, and I'm delighted to be here. Uh, I did see your big sign across the road, and you're uh, breaking ground and building a new facility, and I hope to see that too someday. So thank you for having me. That would be great. Oh, we're we're glad to have you. As you're talking about the walk, I was thinking earlier today, uh, 
we were associated with the pregnancy center in St. Louis. And I can't remember if, I mean, Nate wasn't around. I can't remember if we took Brian or not. But I distinctly remember taking Shelly, two years old. And Daddy and Shelly were walking and, and explaining to her, why are we doing this? To help make sure that mommies want to keep their babies. And it was a great experience uh, to be able to do that with her. So thanks, Ruth. We, we appreciate so very much what you do on our behalf. Again, uh, when, we, when we support a ministry financially uh, and, and through volunteers, it's not as if we look and say that's their ministry. This is, this is one way that we're able to extend out into the world and do something uh, to, help, to help women that are facing a, a crisis. So we're, we're thrilled to be able to be a part of that. One of the things that, that we didn't mention this morning that I, that I think is really a great part of what you do too is helping women through the process of adoption if they do choose to keep their baby alive, but they say, but I can't do this, right. you're able to walk them through that too. And that's, and that's a huge piece and something that, that we can all consider. It's one thing to say we're against something. It's another thing to say, so what are we for? If we're for life, we're for helping in every possible way we can. Exactly, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, we mm-hmm. have, we're not an adoption agency. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to adopt, we can't hook you up with a young girl who can't do this. But we do have an adoption director in Champagne, and she will come up in a nanosecond to meet with a client who's considering making an adoption plan. And we also have an adoption turn, attorney, and we work with adopt, Christian adoption agencies as well. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And we've had a few successful adoption stories um, just in the couple years that I've been there. So that's a great part of it as well. That's great. So after, after church, there is a table set up over by the door. Uh, Carrie, Conda, and Ruth will all be there and willing to share anything, anything uh, that you need to know or hear. So. And just one more little thing. The other thing we do is take every opportunity to share the gospel with these mm. young women and disciple them. And our ultimate goal is to get them plugged into a Bible-believing church. And so if this is a body of believers who would love to take, I mean, truth be told, some women who are pregnant and not married are still shunned from their family, from the church. And so if you are a body who would embrace such a young gal um, and her kiddos, you know, that would be great. Let me know. We'll make sure you get on the list. Very good. So thank you. So Ruth brought a a video for us today, and we're going to take a moment to watch that and just kind of tie everything together and understand, uh, again, a little bit more about this ministry. Hi, my name is Miriam, and I ended up at the Pregnancy Research Center in January when I found out I was pregnant. I was absolutely devastated because my life was not going in the right direction, and I wasn't ready for a child. I was confused. I was worried and didn't know exactly where to go at that particular moment in my life. When I found out that I was pregnant, I was really scared. I was kind of nervous. I didn't really know what to do. I was only in high school. I didn't, wasn't really sure what we were going to do. I was pretty skeptical. I didn't really believe it. I was scared, confused. I didn't know what to do. I had every I had all kind of options that I was considering at the time. When I found out I was pregnant, I was really sad. Really sad and angry. But and basically because I didn't know what I was going to do with the baby. I didn't even know where I was going to rest my head half the nights. I didn't know how I was going to eat. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to survive. I remember being scared I couldn't provide for the baby. I remember being scared that I wasn't ready to be a mother. 
And then I remember being very selfish because I didn't want to change my life around to accommodate somebody else. We went to Planned Parenthood in Lafayette to get a pregnancy test for my granddaughter, and they were closed. And someone recommended that we go to the uh, Pregnancy Resource Center. So that's how we came to be involved with them. And boy, was it a blessing. And through the Pregnancy Resource Center, I found out that I wasn't alone. I was young. I really didn't have people who supported the decision to have my son. So they were there to help me get through it. But like I said, once I first walked in those doors, I knew right away that they were all open and willing to help me. I mean, they just, just their energy just brought me like, okay, I could do this, yeah, okay. <laughs> they helped me realize that my baby was a human being and he was gonna change my life in such a wonderful way, so. It's because of them that I chose to keep the baby to begin with, so I am very appreciative for them. Now that I have support and people that I know that care, my life has changed big time. I'm more accepting of what's happened in my life. Um, and I'm also more willing to build up my life than I was before. When I find out I was pregnant, I didn't want to have the baby because of how hard my situation was. But then they taught me into it. They, they talked to me about God and about how a baby changes your life for, for a lifetime. So, I don't know. It's like they put God in my heart. And, so, and I'm really happy about it. I just want to thank everybody at the Pregnancy Center. They've helped us through a lot. We now have a great-grandson, and he's the best thing that ever happened to our family. If there's anything going on, they're there. They're there to help you, get you through it, without a doubt. Um, they help you with anything you need, you know, like clothes, diapers, car seats, cribs, you know, basically anything. It's like a family when you go there. I mean, they help you with little things, things you wouldn't even think about. Where would I be without? I don't know. I don't know. I know I'd be lost. I'd be lost, definitely. My life would probably be on the same track it was before I got pregnant, and that's not a good thing. Let's all stand together. Father God in heaven, um, I'm grateful to you that you give us the privilege of being your hands and your feet in this world, that you give us the opportunity to express to people what Jesus looks like and who Jesus is. And I thank you that day after day, uh, Ruth and others with her are able to join in that ministry uh, with women who are in a moment of wondering what they should do with their lives. And, and they are at, they're at such a, a crucial crossroads. Some of them recognize it, and some of them have no idea. But you bring them to that place, to people who are, who are not looking to, uh, to lecture, not looking to condemn, but looking to care and looking to show the love of Jesus and what that really looks like. And I, I thank you. I thank you that they're there. I thank you uh, for the privilege of being able to partner with them. 
I pray that this week and every week, more and more and more, the people that come in and hear uh, the message that is delivered to them will, will hear hope and, and not allow their fears to overcome. God, I pray ultimately that um, they'll not only make a decision to, to keep their baby, but God, that if they don't know you yet, they'll, they'll make a decision to embrace you and to follow Jesus and to choose him as their forgiver and their leader. I thank you so much um, for being able, again, to express what it means to be a follower of Jesus to other people who are in moments when they need direction. Thank you for that. Thank you for Ruth. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, would you thank her for being here today? Very good. Very good. Oh, yeah. And now you can have a seat. Go ahead. So, what I want you to do is imagine that someone was to ask you a, a pretty simple question today. They have, they have little to no understanding at all of the Christian faith. They've never read a Bible. They've never even held a Bible. I mean, you have ten of them at your house. They've never even held one. They have no prior knowledge of your faith. And they, they have no leanings toward it. And they have no prejudices against it. They just, they just don't know anything about it. For some reason, you connect. You have this moment of connection. Maybe it's through work or, or through your kid's sports team. Maybe, maybe it's a friend of a friend or, or a new person in your neighborhood. Maybe you meet at a fitness center or through some other common interests. And as your relationship starts to unfold, they recognize some things about you. They recognize that you're a person of faith. They recognize that you're spiritual. And at some point, the word Christian comes up. Now, again, remember, they're not biased toward it nor against it. You're not looking at someone who's seeking and they're, and they're not a hardened atheist either. They're just a blank slate and they're curious. They're wondering. So here's the question. This newfound blank slate friend asks, so what, what's the goal of Christianity for an individual? What's the goal? What's, what's the point? What's the point of this thing you call Christianity? What is it? What's it supposed to do for you? Or let me put it another way. They just point blank ask you, why are you a Christian? Why did you make that decision? And maybe a little more crassly, what are you hoping to get out of it? What, what are you hoping to get out of this relationship with Jesus? So here's what we're going to do. I want, I want you to take a moment to kind of think about what your answer would be. You see, you don't have the time right now, nor should you, um, present a, you know, a theological dissertation, a 17-page paper on this. this. This answer needs to be clear and succinct. It needs to be meaningful and obviously true. It needs to be short and to the point. What would you say? What's the goal? What's the point? Why are you a Christian? So what I'm going to do is give you a minute to think about it uh, right now. Go ahead and take out that card, grab your pen. You got that box on the back that says, my next step. And that's about how much space you need for this. A sentence or two. We're going to take a minute of silence, and I want you to write the answer to the question you see on the screen. Go ahead and do it right now. I'll stop talking.
Okay, so I didn't give you advance notice. And I didn't send out an email, craft a great statement. But to be honest, when the question comes from your blank slate friend, you're not going to be given several hours to craft an answer. I mean, it's part of the reason Peter makes the, the statement in 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. So here's what we're going to do. If you got the guts, there's the questions. You just did some writing. Anybody want to go ahead and give theirs? Give your answer out loud. Go ahead. Let us know what it is. What's your, what's your answer to that question? I love Jesus. It's a good answer. John? Hope for eternal life. Forgiveness of sin. Tristy? Beautiful. So both the combination of a friend to be with you in this life and hope for eternal life. The combination of both. What you got, Jared? I, sorry. Adam? Spread the word of God and do what he says. Very good. What else? Go ahead. Believe life is worth living for. That's good. What else you got? Two more, and I'll wait. Sue? To know what is true and to follow my purpose. One more. This is your chance. Who's got it? Hmm. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Great, great answers. All very good answers. Every, and every one of them... Every one of them is completely true. I believe that generally, generally when people are asked that question, their answer involves a couple of things. It involves the idea of you won't, you'll go to heaven when you die. It's about eternity. Or you won't go to hell. Those, those come up a lot. And it came up a few times in answers given today. And, you know, my, my follow-up question to that answer would be, that's great, but, but what about now? What about now? Not just, not just when I die. What about now? What's the goal for the person here now? I think the Apostle Paul did an amazing job defining what this Christianity is supposed to do to us and do for us. In Galatians 4.19, he says, All my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And it will continue until the day, is Christ, until the day Christ is fully developed or Christ is fully formed in your lives. Here's what Paul said of himself earlier in this letter to the Galatians. And I think it sheds light on what his phrase means, Christ fully developed or fully formed in us. In Galatians 2.20, he said, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. You see, Christ fully formed in you is Christ fully alive in you. It's, it's Christ living in and Christ living through you. It's the life of Jesus becoming visible in our lives so other people can see the life of Jesus in us. Let me state the goal really, really simply. Three short words. The goal of Christianity for every person is that they be like Jesus. 
There it is. All these answers have been great. And every one is true. God wants us, when we become believers, to be and become like Jesus. The goal is not just about then and there. It's not just about heaven when we die. Though that is a very important piece of it. The goal is about here and now. It's about the life of Christ being fully formed in me and being clearly lived out through me. Now, in verse 19, Paul said something that sounded kind of strange. He made reference to childbirth and labor pains. He said, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you all over again. Uh, This is just absolutely risky ground Paul is standing on here. A man in a crowd with women saying, I feel like I'm going through labor. You know, it's tough stuff. And so, ladies, before you're too quick to lecture Paul on labor pains, here's what he's saying. He's saying the Galatians came to Christ... And false teachers were trying to convince them to go back to a Christless existence, to go back to a godless existence. And some were actually falling for it. They were giving up on their relationship with Jesus. They were trading this relationship with Jesus for a lifeless religion and watching these people turn away from God, watching them turn their back on Christ caused him to groan inside, just groan inside. I've heard that groan before. I heard it in 1989 at Evanston Hospital. And I heard it in 1992 at St. John's Hospital in Crevecore, Missouri. And I heard it in 1997 at Old Silver Cross Hospital. Three times I've heard that groan, that groan of giving birth. That groan is intense and it is deep. And Paul is longing for something for these people. He's longing for the best for them. He loves them way too much to watch them simply turn away from Jesus. He feels deep pain for them. And he longs for them to be able to say, just like he did, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives through me. Instead, They're about to fall for the empty teaching of the charlatan of the week. They're just going along with anything. He's pleading, don't turn from Jesus. Don't turn from him. Choose, choose to be like Jesus. Now I got to admit something to you. I've been here almost 20 years. And there have been times along this path that I've done some of this deep groaning myself. It causes intense pain internal pain to watch a person draw close to God, start to grow their roots down into him, and then come to a point of saying, nah, it's not for me, and turn away. It causes me to groan inside, to watch people settle for a religious experience rather than engage in relational transformation with Jesus. It causes me overwhelming pain. To hear a person say, I know what God wants, but. I know what the Bible says, but. Only to do whatever they want, no matter how clearly the Bible may condemn their decision or their behavior. You see, if, if Christ is not being formed in you, I'm groaning. I'm groaning. And others are groaning as well. If, if we're not growing closer to being more like Jesus... I'm not really sure what in the world we're doing here week after week. If the goal is Christ formed in us and it's not happening, if we're not living up to the goal, then honestly, it should grieve us all. It should cause a groan to well up from all of our souls. So this is what I want to do. From now to the end of May, we're just going to take a closer look at Jesus. 
We're just going to take some time to look at Jesus. If we're supposed to be like Jesus, we need to see Jesus. We need to be exposed to who he was and how he lived, what mattered to him, and what he could cast aside with ease because it was a waste of time. Ultimately, we need to decide if we want to follow him wholeheartedly and exclusively. And I mean really follow him with all of our beings or if we just want to Frank Sinatra it, you know, I'm doing it my way. It's all about my way. I'm just going to, I'm just going to live life my way and forget about what God has to say. We need to be able to honestly answer the question, do I really want to be like Jesus? Do I really want that in my life? I'm part of a journey group on Thursday nights. We've been talking about fasting. This past week, we looked at several passages where fasting took place. And we're just exploring together. So we asked of the passage three questions. We asked, what prompted the fast? What was the attitude of the person or the people in the fast? And then what resulted from the fast? As we surveyed these passages, we came to Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus was driven by the wilderness into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. We came to that that point uh, of looking at that passage. And I made the comment, a comment to that group that I've made many times here before as well. You see, in, in recent years, an acronym has been popularized. You, you've seen it, right? WWJD. What is it? What would Jesus do? Exactly. This question actually finds its roots in a book from 1897 by a man named Charles Sheldon. The book sold over 30 million copies over a century. It's pretty amazing. The book's entire title is, In His Steps, What Would Jesus Do? The main character is Henry Maxwell. He's the pastor of a church who challenges his congregation not to do anything for a whole year before they've asked the question, what would Jesus do? That question is important, and it's challenging, and it's inspiring. However, I believe there's a more fundamental question that we need to ask. Not just, what would Jesus do? But, WDJD, what did Jesus do? When he was on this earth, what did he do? We can theorize all day long about what Jesus would do if he lived in our shoes. More importantly, we need to see what did Jesus do when he was living in his shoes or his sandals, more appropriately. What was he doing while he was on this earth? W-D-J-D, what did Jesus do? Is the, if this is the goal of Christianity, if this is the point to become more like Jesus, then we need to know what Jesus did. So, this is going to inspire a whole bunch of questions. Questions like WDJS, what did Jesus say? And HDJA, how did Jesus act? And HDC, HDJC, how did Jesus, why did Jesus cry? And M, WMTJ, what mattered to Jesus? And finally, HDJP, how did Jesus pray? We've got to ask these questions. We've got to know what's going on. You get the idea. We're going to explore the life of Jesus, and we're going to ask these and many more questions. How did Jesus live well? How did he love well? How did he leave well, lead well? How did he leave this earth well? And we're going to ask that question again and again. What would it look like? What would it look like to be like Jesus? So I have an assignment for you this week, heading into next week. I want you to go to John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. 
Uh, just, to, just so that you know that you're there. It, it's, it's the end of Jesus' life. And he's about to serve his disciples by washing their feet. I want you to look at that passage. I would love for you, if you can, to read it every day. Try a couple different versions if you can. You can go online to BibleGateway.com. They have all kinds of versions there, okay? Look at those verses each day, 1 to 17 of John 13, and ask yourself this question. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do in this passage? And then move beyond that. Let the Spirit speak through his word. And as you do, start to ask a question. If Jesus did this, what am I supposed to do? If this is what Jesus did, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to become? How is Christ supposed to be more visible through me because of what I've read and because of what I've learned? So, got the assignment? John 13, 1 to 17. I'll make sure you get an email of it too so that it's there. But just start reading through it and asking yourself the question, looking at this passage, what does it mean? to be like Jesus. Let's pray together. Now, our Father, I pray that as we take the time to engage your word this week, and as your spirit instructs us, Lord, I, I pray that we would, um, we would have great clarity on the actions of Jesus. We'd see what he did. And then beyond that, God, not only seeing what he did, we would see the ways in which that is supposed to transform us, the ways in which that is supposed to make us a whole lot more like Jesus. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. So, as I said, we've been in a group that's talking about fasting on on Thursday nights. And fasting is typically a part of this season we're in, this season of Lent. People, you know, I think they tend to trivialize it sometimes by saying, I'm giving something up for Lent. And, you know, and and it's said in a way that sometimes you go, what's that all about? The idea of fasting from something is to give up something that might have a a bind on our souls, something something that, that might be causing us actually to be dragged away from God or at least not notice God as intensely as we would normally. So I thought this morning as we move into our time of communion, we're going to sit in silence. And as we do, I've just got some, I've got some questions that I'm going to put on the screen for you. Three simple questions. What activities, behaviors, and relationships are most distracting in my spiritual life these days? Which ones keep me from seeking God with my whole heart? And what do I need to put aside for a season in order to more fully focus on heavenly things? Is there something in your life right now, from now till Easter, that you could say, I'm going to do without that for a little bit? Maybe it's just the noise of other people talking all the time, and you decide you need more time for seclusion. Maybe technology has got too tight a grip on your, on your life, and you need to let go of some pieces of technology. There's something in your life that's pulling your attention away from God. What might you be able to walk away from for a season in order to see closeness with God uh, draw once again? And, and we're going without music with the, during this. We're going with silence in part because that is one of the things we all need. We all fill the space all the time with noise. And in the process of filling the space with noise, we don't always hear our hearts, we don't always hear our souls, and we don't always hear God. So here come our servers. Pay attention to the questions and let the Spirit speak to your heart.
If you haven't already taken communion, go ahead and do so now. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice for our sins. Thank you never seems like enough. We can never repay you for what you've done. And there's a sense in which we should never even try. It is not possible to repay grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved. You just gave it to us. So we don't look to repay you, Jesus. But we do look to live up to the sacrifice. We do look to live up to who you are. And so I pray that in the weeks to come, as we explore more about your life, that we would not just take communion, but that we'd become more like you. That's your desire for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing?
servers will come now and uh, collect morning offering. Uh, make sure you put your card in there, especially if you put down that you're planning to uh, be a part of that cleanup together. So one of the pieces that kind of brings the whole morning together is actually what our students will be doing later tonight. For the past few weeks, our students have been, uh, high school students, have been going through a study uh, with, some, with some different presenters talking about God's standards for sexual relationships, uh, biblical standards for marriage between a man and a woman. And uh, one of the things that we want our, our kids to be uh, in tune with is the opportunities and the resources provided at the Pregnancy Resource Center. And one of the things we know is that our kids do tend to have friends who sometimes find themselves saying, I'm pregnant, and what do I do? And it's good for our kids to be able to know where they could turn. And sadly, even sometimes our own kids find themselves in a spot that they say, whoops, didn't plan on being here. And in that moment, they need to know, too, that they have a place that they can turn. So um, I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to do this. It's actually a field trip for our students. It's there on the folder today. They can either go straight to the center or they can meet over uh, at the warehouse at 520 and and get a ride on over. But but I'm grateful again for this this resource that is provided for a time in, in life that could be full of questions and could lead to further unwise decisions. So I'm grateful that, uh, that our student ministry is doing this. Go ahead, Ruth. Circle. I keep saying drive. Yeah, you're right. It, yeah. It's on, it's on Oneida, right? Or basically off of Oneida between Springfield and, and um, Larkin, just south of the hospital. All right? Let's stand. We're going to pray, and we'll head out. So, Father, again... We're grateful for the time that we were able to spend together today. And uh, I pray that uh, we just had many, many different things thrown our way today. And your spirit is the one that takes those and guides them where he desires. And so I pray that we would have an opening, a, a strong openness to the guiding of your spirit today to hear his voice and to follow wherever he may lead. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great morning. We'll see you.